Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero right here on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad we have with us today a young man that has had a wonderful once-in-a-lifetime type experience. You can only be FFA president just one time, and that's what Alex Scoville has done. He's been the president of the Michigan FFA Association for 2020 and 21. Alex, congratulations and welcome to our show. Thank you, Vic. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. And I have to tell you, you know, it was a number of years ago. I won't even tell you the years, but I have to tell you, I I enjoyed being state FFA president. It was something that was remarkable. I had the chance to have breakfast with the state governor. I I shook the hands of of a president uh, in the Rose Garden lawn. I traveled for the first time on an airplane. Uh, just all kinds of things happened to me when I was uh, when I was state FFA president, and so I was so excited when I when I finally tracked you down and was able to get you scheduled for this show. So again, uh, tell us uh, you wrapped up your role as as state FFA president. Why don't you take us back to uh, to how that all started? You were involved in your local FFA chapter um, along the way. Uh, is that where it all started, or or does it go back to maybe your dad? Yeah, definitely. So uh, the the path to getting there was definitely a winding one. Uh, so I I went to Perry High School where I was involved in the Perry FFA chapter, and there uh, I was involved at first in FFA in the junior high program, uh, doing the conduct of meetings contest where we had to run a meeting and uh, work with parliamentary procedure and all that. So that's really where I got my start. Uh, my dad was a, was a huge influence in that. He was state FFA president back a long time ago. After that, he worked as an ag teacher on Langsburg and yeah. then uh, has stayed involved in the years since then uh, with the, the alumni and the foundation and all that. Well, your, so dad, definitely- your, your dad truly is a legendary name in the FFA because of uh, his background and all the years he's spent. He's not retired, is he? No, no, no. He's not retired, and he'll, he'll definitely laugh when he hears you say that. Uh, but he... <laughs> He probably maybe wants to sooner or later, but. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, after he taught for, I think, seven or eight years in Langsburg, he went and started working in in the seed industry. Yeah, great. Well, and, you know, it's just so neat to have some of these names and some of these. uh, uh, I'm officially at the age now where I'm watching some of these names that come up through the FFA. And uh, next thing you know, I'm I'm watching. I think I might have known their parents. And sure enough, that's where they all connect to. Well, tell me, uh, before I get too far down this road, tell me about about the FFA. Because when I was a uh, young man, I was um, in an organization called the Future Farmers of America. And how does that differ from the FFA? Yeah, so it, it's still all the same organization, but back a while ago they they decided to make a change away from the acro- away from FFA being an acronym for Future Farmers of America to just the National FFA organization uh, to kind of take a more inclusive stance uh, when it came to to what the organization actually did yeah. uh, instead of just preparing students just to be farmers uh, more for all careers within agriculture. Yeah, uh, and so not only just career prep, but also uh, some leadership uh, and personal growth. Actually, the the three pillars of it is primary leadership, personal growth, and career success. So kind of taking that stance and preparing students for their future. Give me those three again, please. Premier leadership, 
personal growth and career success. Wow, I, man, that uh, that's the the most concise in all these years I've ever heard anybody say it. But boy, is that the case? Because I I just think about the way the preparation and things that are there. I had to laugh uh, or at least smile when you were talking about um, you know the the meetings uh, conduct of meetings, which may be a foreign uh, concept to people tuning in. But I have to tell you the the conduct of meetings thing was kind of interesting. I remember I was uh, on a hospital board in a rural community, and the chairman um, had myself and another guy were former FFA guys, and we were asking him uh, using parliamentary procedure in the meeting. And we weren't honestly. It was not fancy. It wasn't. It was meant respectful. I don't. I don't know any other way to run a meeting, um, in terms of uh, other than parliamentary procedure. And and he pulled us aside at the end of that meeting, and he just the, the chairman just reamed us because he was like, "How dare you put all that fancy stuff in?" <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know. I gotta oh. tell you, Alex, that's that's our upbringing, right? As FFA boys, oh, we, yeah. we said we we go. How oh, else are you gonna run your meeting? You know. So it exactly. was. So we we both looked at each other and 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 laughed, not out of disrespect, just out of I, we just didn't know how to do it because that's the way we were taught. And I think those are some of the things that that when you see. Uh, an FFA young man or young woman or anybody in that leadership, you go back and you go, I think they got that from the FFA. And there's so many wonderful jewels that I'm sure you picked up along your year uh, as state FFA president. So I don't know, did you have a chance to have breakfast with a governor or with uh, shake hands with any presidents, anything along the way? Uh, unfortunately, no. Actually, a lot of that was kind of cut short by the, by the pandemic. Yeah, you had a different uh, we- kind of year. That's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we had convention the first week of March, and uh, I got elected on a Friday, and the following Tuesday, the world shut down. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I think that's the kind of the thing. There's so many differences in terms of what would have happened in the last year, and, and it made, made for kind of an interesting year for you as president. But I'm sure there's lots of takeaways and lots of things we can talk about uh, in terms of your leadership path and some of the great things that the Future Farmers, the FFA, does uh, for young men and women uh, who are looking for a chance to get ahead in life and maybe run one of those meetings in one of those fancy ways along the way. So we're so glad you joined to hear on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero with Alex Scoville. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and I have found Alex Scoville, who is the immediate past president of the Michigan Association of FFA, and I am so grateful to talk to him. I love the organization. I love what it does, and I love the people in it. And I have to tell you, um, having a year as a state president of an organization is pretty exciting. And, of course, you were elected at in March. We're typically at the, on the campus of Michigan State University. Uh, this organization meets annually, and they elect their slate of candidates. And, and uh, in your situation, tell me about uh, what happened um, uh, in March. You became president of an association of how many members approximately? 
Oh, about eight thousand members. Yeah, so that was up when I up from I think we were around sixty five hundred something like that, maybe seven thousand. So that's great news. And then there's a number of how many uh, FFA chapters would there be around the state? Around one hundred and twenty. Yeah, and those chapters are inside of the school curriculum. So so uh, it, we used to talk about FFA being an integral part of the um, of the uh, FFA classroom, not an extracurricular activity, right? So when you think yeah. about that, you're in the agri-science rooms. And what I think is really interesting, you have remote, um, that's probably an inappropriate word, but you have far, far away FFA chapters in very small towns. And you have some, some uh, uh, FFA chapters in some pretty big city schools. Isn't that true? Oh, for sure. So, yeah, we, we are an agriculturally based leadership organization. Uh, but especially in Michigan, as agriculturally diverse as we are with all the different crops uh, and, and livestock and forestry and all those different uh, things that we have, uh, FFA has is is huge in, in the way that it can really differ. We have chapters uh, in some of the inter, inner city schools uh, in cities like Detroit, and we have some chapters in the far reaches of the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. And so what they focus on in their agricultural curriculum, they can really focus on based on their area. So I know some of those Detroit schools, they focus in more on, uh, they focus more on like they, uh, like greenhouse practices and and what they can do where they are at where some of the Upper Peninsula schools focus more on forestry. And then, you know, you go across different parts of the state to maybe a dairy focus or sugar beets or row crops, whatever it may be in their areas, they're able to focus on uh, in their classrooms. Well, and and what I think is really exciting, honestly, Alex, the the thing that's so exciting to me about the FFA beyond the leadership, which which is probably the most pristine, important part of the FFA, in my opinion, but it's also the agri-science, and agri-science is going to be an answer to a hungry world because when you think about the population and some of the challenges there, how do you get those kind of gains necessary and those kind of expertise in order to build uh, the food network in order to uh, to feed people? My friend Phil Knight, uh, who's the head of the um, uh, food, basically the food banks around the state of Michigan, and, and his whole premise is that, look, in America, we don't have a food shortage problem. We have food distribution problem. And so in other parts of the world, there is a shortage. And, and that's when I think about the work the FFA does, trying to inspire young people to look at the science side of this. So um, I don't know if you and your you and your family spent much time on a, on a farm growing, growing corn or whatever. But I remember, you know, if you got um, uh, 80, 80 bushel uh, to 100 bushel of corn, Per acre, you were you were pretty pretty excited. You felt pretty good about that, but I think there's people that are working on on a 300 bushel per acre corn crop. Isn't isn't that true? Oh, definitely. I think last I heard the the world record uh, was up over 600 bushels per acre, and the Michigan average. I think is hitting somewhere close to 200 bushels per acre. Isn't that something? And so, you know, um, same land, um, double the output. And, and I think that's oh, kind, yeah. of, kind of the uh, amazing thing. And I, I the, the thing that concerns me and the reason why, again, I appreciate what you and the FFA have done is is trying to get the accurate word out about agriculture. I had a, um, my son went to Michigan State University and some people basically came into his, into his, um, uh, one of his classrooms on a, 
unconnected to the subject they were talking about. They were recruiting him for a club, and it was Save the World people. I don't know who they are, but they ended up uh, going after and showing pictures of uh, cabbage fields in California that they said were so decimated from the nutrients being sapped out of them that nothing could grow there. And you and I know when we drive across a, uh, a field in in the summertime, if the rain comes down and, and water pools on that field, it'll compact that soil and whatever crop was, was mm-hmm. growing there uh, doesn't make it. And so that crop then is a it's a blank spot in the field. It has nothing to do with nutrients in the ground and everything to do with a rainstorm. But this is the kind of stuff at the at the mighty Michigan State University Agricultural College they were they were promoting and talking in their clubs. So I love it that organizations like the FFA can get out the real science about uh, food and fiber and what the opportunity is, and for young people to think about growing a safe and uh, renewable kind of crop that's safe for the environment, safe for people to consume. And that's that's oh, really yeah. the story of the FFA, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. So it's not only learning about agricultural practices and agri-science and how we can advance the agriculture industry to produce more food. Uh, so it, it's that side of it. Then it's also the career side of it. Like you're saying, uh, the issue isn't that we have a food shortage, it's that we have a food distribution issue. So learning about the careers that are out there and the practices that we can go about using to distribute that food better and maybe better storage techniques, whatever it may be. Uh, so learning about the products themselves, uh, how to advance it more, and then also communicating it with the world. You know, the issue your son had uh, in his college class, you know, a huge emphasis in the FFA is uh, is good communication skills, whether it's through public speaking contests, parliamentary procedure contests, demonstration contests, there's so many different different opportunities yeah. uh, for high school and middle school students to advance their communication skills to get the good word of agriculture out there uh, because it's just as much a battle of of advancing the practices as it is uh, getting people to support it. Well, I love it, and I love the fact that you're with us today, Alex. So grateful you joined us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bercherio. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and so grateful that I've got this young man, Alex Scoville, who's the immediate past president in the year 2020 and 2021. He's the past president of the Michigan FFA Association. So, Alex, you know, um, again, it was interesting because uh, you got elected in March of 2020 and all of a sudden right after that they shut down the world and so some of the great experiences that i had as state president um uh and i think um you were probably looking forward to all of a sudden they got swept away you it became what did they do did they cancel those those conferences and programs and training events how'd they they handle it yeah so kind of taking a a quick step back the way it kind of works is we have our state convention in early march uh, where they elect a slate of officers. Uh, there's 12 of us total on the state officer team to run the state association. 
So, uh, yeah, we're normally elected in March, and then we spend the next couple of months kind of going through some trainings uh, to prepare us for the year ahead, and then we officially start March 1st. So, excuse me, July 1st. So what happened in 2020 is we got elected, and just a couple days later, the world shut down. Mm. Uh, So we quickly scrambled to move everything virtually. So National FFA uh, provides a lot of good training uh, for us as a team. And so we did a lot of that from our own bedrooms uh, over Zoom meetings, oh, wow. which uh, didn't provide the same uh, the same emphasis as it normally does. But we still learned quite a bit and we got to grow together as a team and grow personally. Uh, and we're, we definitely felt prepared for the year ahead yeah. uh, that, we, that we ended up having. Well, in terms of, of some of the challenges, you know, I, the, the one thing I think the FFA did for me was, was uh, gave me a chance to uh, fine tune my uh, speaking skills. And that's one of the things that I think it, it, it puts you in front of a group, whether you're just chairing a meeting or whether you're giving a speech or in a contest to give a speech, that kind of thing. I think about about my, my first uh, speech I gave as state FFA president all those years ago. It was a horrific failure that I look back on. Um, and it was it was just I couldn't believe it to this day I still cringe thinking about it um, but I, I think about that speech versus other speeches I gave at the other end of the year after I had a full year of expertise under my belt because my the uh, somebody had me out as the newly elected uh, FFA president not the newly trained FFA state president so I wasn't quite ready but are there anything that you you look at you go wow I I felt I grew really strong in that in that 12-month period what what would that what, what would you point us to there so definitely from the start of the year to the end of the year i i learned and grew in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different ways i didn't fully expect to yeah. uh, so i kind of had the expectations going into the year to become a better public speaker uh and just better with communication skills in general and more aware of, of the ag industry in michigan uh, and just get to know some of the great members and some of the great people in the ag industry and that was kind of what I was really expecting. And as everything got moved virtual and everything wasn't quite what myself and my teammates fully expected, um, I learned and grew in a couple of different ways that I didn't really expect. Definitely just being flexible and dealing with different conflicts that were presented to us was a huge part of it. Hmm. Well, and, you know, I think at the start of the year we had, uh, we always have our state leadership conference for chapter officers that us state officers do. Yeah. And we have to facilitate some leadership workshops and trainings for a lot of the, the chapter officers right. across the state. And uh, with that, I know I definitely did not do a great job, uh, but how I did in that versus a leadership workshop towards the end of the year was definitely a huge improvement. Well, and you know, the, the one thing that I, I think is interesting, and I know you're probably, you've, you've been in front of literally hundreds of audiences and, and done, done uh, many, many hours of leadership training and speaking and everything else. And when I think about some of the things I look back and might have think of them as big failures, I, I know that, that uh, in certain ways, um, we're not able to judge that. <laughs> and what I mean by that, yeah. I'll never forget, I gave a speech one time in downtown Detroit, um, it was in front of about 750 people from around the country. It was in a big auditorium, and I was up on a head table acres away from everybody. I did some humor. The humor seemed flat. This felt like it was a rotten failure. And, and Alex, 10 years later, I got a call from somebody in the southwest corner of Michigan and said, Hey, I, you don't know me, but I just left a farm. And the young man that I talked to said the reason why he's in farming today
today is because of a speech you gave in Detroit 10 years ago. And of all the speeches huh. I've, I've given, that was the one. Ten years later, uh, somehow God hunted me down and said, you know what, uh, this was meaningful to somebody. And I think that's wow. the one thing I just want to commend to you, that, that as, a, as a young man having a chance to interact with literally thousands of young people and others that are watching you from afar, um, you've had a chance to inspire people and do it in a way that that you may not know in your lifetime, the amount of influence and, and the type of impact you've had on those folks. I just commend that to you because those are, those are pretty exciting things and kind of humbling too, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think I, I definitely didn't have the in-person experiences I thought I would. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of FFA members, uh, but some of the virtual ones that we did have, uh, they they left a huge impact on me. You know, when when members would open up uh, about about situations in their life and and the personal growth that they were going through from that, it definitely left a huge impact uh, so on cool. on me. Well, and of course, it's good to have you here today so you can help uh, continue your impact and legacy as the former uh, state president for the FFA. So again, thanks, Alex, for being a part of this. And thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Vershero with the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. like to travel for fun and excitement craving a relaxing getaway no matter where you want to go or what you want to do you can trust dean trailways to get you there our luxury motor coach lets you relax while you travel no traffic to worry about no parking fees no hassle are you looking for some sizzling excitement this fall let dean trailways bring on the heat and take you to Firekeepers, michigan's newest gaming hotspot experience the thrills of the slots blackjack craps the live poker room and indulge in the world-class restaurants all while counting on dean to bring you home safely dean trailways of michigan travel smart this is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero, so honored to be sitting in the Leadership Lowdown chair and honored to have with me today Alex Scoville. He's the immediate past president of the Michigan Association of FFA. And you know, when I think about uh, how altered your year was uh, as state president, Alex, it, it had to be a bit of a blow to you because uh, of all the things that an FFA student can aspire to, there's only one president for that year, and that's generally that senior year. So there's not a lot of room for people there at the top, and it's it's a pretty special honor to be selected for that. And all of a sudden, yours had four flat tires because of uh, some of the things going on that were totally out of your control. How'd you deal with that emotionally? Yeah, so when it comes to things being out of your control, I think definitely a global pandemic was something that was out of my control. Right. So... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I had some huge expectations for the year ahead, just growing up uh, around FFA uh, with my family being involved uh, in different ways. And then uh, as a as a high school student, uh, watching a lot of different things happen with FFA, I had some I definitely had some high expectations. And so as we moved into the year and uh, things were just getting canceled or moved virtual left and right, and it just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. Right, right. Uh, moving past that and you know, staying motivated not only for myself and my teammates, but also for uh, the 8,000 members uh, that were kind of looking up to me and my teammates. Uh, figuring out how to move forward was was definitely huge. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, that's that really is the old 
adage, you've heard it before, we've all said it before, it's lonely at the top. You know, and so when you're when you're in that position, I know you've got some staff people and other folks that are supporting the association. But you know, um, trying to f- dig deep and find some inspiration. So, are there some some people uh, along the way that have been inspiring to you, or maybe have made a difference to you? I, I got to believe you had a few conversations with that incredible dad of yours. But um, uh, any anybody along with him that that comes comes to mind? Yeah, yeah, there. Were- I, I didn't get through it alone. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, my dad was, he's always been a huge supporter of mine. He really helped me get through it the most, but past him, uh, there was, there's one, one young man, uh, he, his name's Lauren King and Lauren King graduated from Michigan state, uh, just a couple of years ago. And back a few years before that, he was, he was state FFA president oh. and, uh, Lauren and I, we've gotten to be very good friends and I, I have to call him a mentor because he really helped me get through this past year uh, and just looking ahead and moving forward instead of dwelling on, on what, what was happening, how to, how to progress forward. Uh, so Lauren King was definitely a huge, a uh, huge mentor for me moving through all of that. Wow. Well, you know, and you just got to love that when you, when you think of a mentor, um, I want to spend a second on that if you don't mind, because, because uh, for, for people that, that, uh, I think the mentorship thing is always interesting to me because it oftentimes it's not a formal thing. So you didn't go to Mr. King and say, "Hey, by the way, would you be a mentor for me?" Did he? I mean, not it was all. it was way more organic, wasn't it? And oh th- yeah. And I think that's what I think uh, a lot of us want to try to understand mentorship. It, it, so correct me, okay, Alex, but it feels like it feels like just paying attention to those people that are living their life on purpose in a way that you feel is successful, and you kind of zone in on them, and you kind of try to get familiar, get to know them, and to take their lead because they seem to have what you want. Is that a good way to encapsulate mentorship in your mind? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, with myself and Lauren, I kind of went from us kind of just being friends. Uh, him and my brother were a lot better friends than, than uh, him and I were yeah. at first, my, my, him and my older brother. Uh, and then slowly as time went on, uh, I just got to know Lauren a lot better and we had a lot of similar interests. And so we talk about those similar interests. Yeah. And then uh, as I started moving to some different leadership positions with the FFA, uh, I would go to him, uh, kind of, kind of for advice and you know just asking him how he went about a lot of these situations that he had been in because uh, he had been in a lot of those similar leadership roles yeah uh, so i go to lauren for advice and it yeah it slowly turned into more than just a friendship right um and you know some something that kind of he i think i think he kind of realized that i was kind of using him as a mentor uh, and the reason why i was doing that is because he he's someone that i see uh, li- definitely lives a life of purpose. Mm, wow. And so you know, I was kind of looking to him, kind of looking to follow in that sense. And so something that he kind of helped with when, you know, everyone was staying at home in April and May of 2020, he started a virtual book club for, for some of his friends and some of my friends. And, uh, and we got that going. And so him, you know, leading something as simple as that uh, shows yeah, it shows, you know, the purpose that he was trying to put out there, not only for himself, <laughs> but for others. 
I think and, that's so cool. Honestly, I mean, the stuff I hear about has been, you know, the uh, the drinking games buddies that got together with and all the other things on a Zoom kind of meeting. And, and, and here you guys are talking about uh, uh, book clubs and, and probably trying to learn from and share each other's thoughts on the club. That's just outstanding. That's And you know yeah. what? I think, Alex, it's surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. It, it just makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. You you become, what is it, as they say, you become uh, a combination of the five people you spend the most time with or something mm, like that. that. And I think that is that is so true, and especially in a world where, where we can't always see everyone in person. Yeah. Uh, those those Zoom sessions that we were having, it was uh, like it was myself and Lauren and someone from up in the tip of the thumb of Michigan and someone else from central Indiana. Cool. Uh, and I think there was a couple others that joined us at different times. And the discussions that we would end up having, uh, a lot of times it would end up being about as far away from the books that we were reading as possible. But the the discussion that was happening and the growth that was coming Still from it, powerful. it was huge. It was yeah. so life changing for us. That's and so cool. I think it, especially in a time when, uh, I know a lot of people have said, when you know you're stuck at home with this pandemic going on, uh, you don't really have much to to move forward with. And so we were definitely able to help ourselves yeah. in progressing forward and with personal growth and growing ourselves as individuals and as leaders uh, by just keeping our minds occupied with these discussions. You bet. Well, listen, we've got to run to break right now, but man, that's good stuff. I uh, can't thank you enough, Alex, for sharing that. Can't thank you enough for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I found Alex Scoville, who's the past president of the Michigan FFA Association, a youth organization inside of about 100-plus schools around the state, doing some great things to help develop young people along the way. So, Alex, when you think about becoming state president and all the excitement that came along with that, um, it was an exciting opportunity, but it all of a sudden it became clouded with a lot of challenges along the way. So tell me, um, along the way, or were there some lessons learned in terms of dealing with adversity and the ways that you felt you could step forward? Give me some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, yes. Overcoming adversity was it be, quickly became a huge theme for the year uh, because myself and my 11 teammates were put there to, to help lead this 8,000-member organization and you know direct them and put on leadership workshops for these members these high school and middle these high schoolers and middle schoolers uh so you know in a time of a lot of uncertainty we we had to be the the smiling faces keeping everyone on the organization happy and moving forward uh so we quickly had to figure out how to overcome this adversity of a year that was moved to a computer screen yeah um so uh quickly it became you know kind of a I'd say almost a three-step process that we went about whenever we found out our next event was either completely canceled or moved, moved virtual. 
Uh, and the biggest thing was at first, don't dwell on it. You know, it may be sad, but, but you, if you focus on and dwell on how unfortunate it is, you can't progress forward. And so then we go into the next thing is, is you got to progress forward and just say, all right, what is next? How, what can we do to overcome this? Um, it, it's definitely unfortunate, but, but you just have to ask yourself, all right, what's next? What can I do uh, to, to help the cause that I was originally trying to help? Mm-hmm. And then use that as motivation. I was, I felt like the retiring addresses that we were able to give to the members virtually at the end of the year uh, were so much more meaningful um, after this year because of the of the adversity we overcame and the growth that we all went through. Uh, the messages we were able to give to those members was was huge uh, yeah. because the motivation we were able to you know we had this, these fires burning inside of ourselves from missed opportunities throughout the year. Well, and just so everybody knows, when you say retiring address, they go, wait a minute, what's, what's this all about? Um, at the convention, so you get elected one year, the following year, a year later, you get to have you get to run the convention. And at the end of the convention or throughout the convention, there's a ceremonial officers or many of the officers give a year-end in review, if you will, retiring remarks. So as they're stepping down from their position. So I know that retiring address is kind of something that's that's a pretty big moment. And to your point, you probably had a lot to say. Definitely, definitely. So we give them as pairs because there is 12 of us on the team total. Yeah. And so the, the individual on the team that you work the most with throughout the year is who you give your retiring address with. And uh, so I gave mine with my, fr- uh, with my teammate, Andy. Uh, and Andy's from Holland over on the west side of the state. And so kind of the message that we gave was, was to live in the moment and don't let opportunity pass you by uh, and don't live in fear of what's next and just take advantage of what's in front of you. And mm. we felt like that was just so fitting for the for the year that we had behind us. And was this convention live? Were you, uh, no, it was, it was not. Still virtual. So, wow, what an and was it recorded or did you go with live live feed? Yeah, it was pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, and then all stitched together and and put out on our Facebook page and our YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, for all the members to see. So, the nice part about it is is normally we don't I think we only have about 1,500 members at the state convention. Yeah. For this year, it was accessible to all 8,000 members plus anyone else that wanted to watch it. So that was definitely a big upside of it. Well, it's just interesting to me that you that you you know it's it feels a little bit like you made some lemonade with the lemons that you were dealt. <laughs> and I and I just think as, sure. as I think about that, you know, there's so many people that that um, I don't know they they show up as victims and waller in it. Um, and I think that's part of the challenges is that is that look, um, uh, every single one of us has some form of of issues that we've had to deal with over the lifetime of our lives and and things that have come at us. And the question is never what has happened, but how do you respond to it? And I think I think I, I love what you what you mentioned here is you know first of all don't dwell on it. Um, uh, there's a bit of a grieving period depending on what you're dealing with, uh, but once you once you get that in a rearview mirror, I love I love the next element there, which is what's next, and I think that's pretty powerful. And then of course use use all of that uh, as a motivating factor. So I got to believe that your retiring remarks and and kind of building up to what's next uh, was probably some of the most exciting times in your life. Going if we can live through all this, we we got the world by the tail, right? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Like the energy that, that Andy and I were putting through on that return address, like it was, 
it was amazing. We we loved what we were putting out there, and we got a lot of compliments back on it. Oh, I can imagine. And it, it just felt it felt so good to put that message out there, even though we didn't have the members there in front of us to give the speech to. Yeah. Uh, the messages we got a couple weeks later when it finally aired. Yeah. Uh, that was. So cool. That was truly special. Well, and you know, again, Alex, I, I just, I mean, it's, it breaks my heart to know that you, you don't have or didn't have that opportunity to have what most FFA officers, um, you know, have had, which is uh, really, truly an energetic auditorium. And usually it's at the Wharton Center in, in, at MSU. And I think in the peak night, you've got 2,000 plus people there. Um, screaming, cheering on, doing some exciting stuff, and and just the electricity in that, and, and to be robbed of that into a computer screen is really really pretty unsatisfying compared to what it could have been. But um, know that there's been some good that's come from that, and how how powerful it is. So, um, uh, Alex, thanks again for sharing that. That's pretty big testimonial, and thanks again for everyone for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. You found the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm so grateful to have a chance to talk to truly a dynamic young man, Alex Scoville. I knew his dad, uh, another great guy here in the state of Michigan, and also somebody that I'm proud to call a friend. And I want you to know, um, Alex, you've done a great job today helping us understand your role as state FFA president in 2020-21. You know, one of the things that as I as we talked early on, the very first segment we were talking about, you know, the FFA has uh, provides premier leadership uh, opportunities, personal growth, and some career uh, success uh, um, in terms of what you guys can develop in terms of young people. And so if, as you look back on this incredible year you were given, um, tell me tell me what are some of the big takeaways, some of the things that, that fit those dynamics there in terms of personal leadership growth and, and, uh, and premium leadership experiences and career uh, success. What comes to mind that you're going to take away forever? Yeah, so looking at those three those three items, uh, the kind of the three pillars of the FFA, Premier Leadership, Personal Growth, and Career Success, uh, kind of just going in order, you know, what I got from each of those, especially during this past year, I think Premier Leadership, the sense of what being a leader truly means, and, you know, it was definitely cool being up there, being elected up there on stage in front of, you know, 2,000-some members and ag industry members, but... Uh, you know, going behind a computer screen for the rest of the year, yeah. the idea of, of leading from behind was definitely uh, something that was instilled in me, uh, that, you know, truly being a leader, it, it doesn't always have to do with being up front and ever, in front of everyone, uh, but 
but you know, just being a smiling face uh, during trying times and providing opportunities and helping others, you know, share their experiences and grow themselves, I think is, is so huge. Yeah. Um, no doubt. So I think that was definitely part of the premier leadership part of it during this past year. And then looking at, at kind of the personal growth sense of it, as I said, during this past hour, I've definitely grown a ton in so many different ways that I, I didn't expect on uh, the growth that I've had from this past year in overcoming adversity, I hope is something that's going to stick with me for a very long time mm-hmm. uh, because it was just a, a huge learning opportunity. Well, they um, talk then, about that sometimes too, Alex, you know, when you, when you stretch something, it doesn't, it doesn't just snap back into place. And so, especially when it comes to leadership, when you grow, when you're stretched, um, you, you just don't snap back to what you were before. You're something greater. And I think that's really part of the excitement in terms of, in terms of where you're, uh, what you, the experience that you've had. And of course, I, I can only imagine your career plans. You're out of Kansas, uh, in Kansas right now in university. Uh, yes, sir. I'm at Kansas State University currently uh, studying ag education. So the path that I'm actually on right now uh, is to become a high school agriculture teacher. I don't know if that's what I want to end up doing someday, but if that's where I end up at the end of these four years, I'll be happy with it yeah. uh, because I know I'll be working with those amazing FFA members. Uh, but I have interests all across the ag industry and, and with the people that it involves. Uh, so I'll see where it takes me. Well, and that degree is so general. It's it's one of the reasons why so many ag teacher students that graduate with an ag degree, uh, ag teaching uh, background degree, they they get picked off by the industry because everybody wants that kind of general knowledge. And there's and almost all of them are FFA guys like you, which uh, really means that they've got some great leadership experiences and qualities. You know, I, as you talk about you know the preparation, what it does for young people, I'll never forget. Um, when I came off my year as state FFA president, um, I literally went um, uh, on to try for national office. And as I tried for national office, that was kind of the next big dream. And I, I just wanted to be a national FFA officer. And I'll never forget when they called off the names of the uh, state president. Uh, they started with the, the regional officer, and then they moved up to the secretary, and then they moved on to the state president. Well, each time they called the name off, it wasn't me. And my head was literally pounding when I got to the presidency um, and thinking, could this be? And, of course, it wasn't to be. And I was not uh, uh, named as a national officer. And I'll never forget, I left that area, uh, probably not appropriately, but I, I, I walked out of that area just so disappointed. And as I walked away, I, I unzipped my jacket and slung it over my shoulder um, and then I walked to the very top of the auditorium, and I remember sitting in row Z, seat 29, in that auditorium. And as I sat there, uh-huh. I, I was forlorn. My FFA career was over. And, um, and what I realized is that uh, after a few minutes up there in the, in the auditorium emptied out, I realized that my, my career as the FFA was not over. Um, my career had been completed in a powerful way because FFA had prepared me for everything that was in the future. And so when I think about your situation, um, everything that's in the future, uh, it's a beautiful, bright, bright uh, horizon out there for you to march towards. And I'm just sad that you didn't have the type of year that uh, most FFA presidents have. But man, um, uh, after talking to you, Alex, I can tell you, you're the kind of FFA um, person that we want to hold up and exalt as these are the kind of future leaders uh, coming out of the FFA and look out world because it's going to be an exciting run. So thanks for being on the show, Alex. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Vic, for this opportunity. I, I've really enjoyed this today, and it actually kind of helped me kind of recollect uh, what what this year really looked like and kind of reflect on it a little bit more than I have. Also, thank you for that. And, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really excited for not only what's ahead for myself, but what's ahead for all of the FFA members, especially as we hopefully move back into into a normal setting, you know, as, as those members can go back to experiencing uh, what members in the past have experienced and you know, the opportunities that are available ahead for them because of what FFA is truly preparing them for. You bet. Well, so, Alex, thanks so much. Yeah. You are a bright, wonderful young man with a great future. So glad that we've got you out there as a future leader. So glad that you've tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. Can't wait to talk to you until next time. <laughs>